discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Good to see you. Mommy, you're welcome. Mommy, I just saw you when I sat down. It's good to see you. I know, Mommy. Mommy has gone to one a very little boy. Wow. Yes. And, uh, it's a blessing to have her here. I want to welcome all of you to this meeting. Mommy, it's good to see you as well. Yes. Wow. You're welcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing like having your mother's uh, back you yes. when you're doing something. When you're doing something, your mother's or your father's are around to support you. It's a blessing, isn't it? Wow. It makes you know that what you're doing is right. Because you are being pushed to go forward. So, hallelujah. I'd like to welcome all of you. And I bring you greetings from Kumase. Wow. From your brethren. You have so many brothers and sisters in Kumase. Yes. Close to 700 of them. They are sending their warm greetings to you. Hallelujah. I've come all the way to come and share the word of God with you. To help you. You know. To be able to. Act. Sometimes you wonder. First of all, I also want to thank our pastor, Pastor Anthony. Let's give a lot of applause. And also give Pastor Conrad a round of applause as well. Hallelujah. And all the leaders, they are doing a wonderful job. It's not a small thing, you know, putting something like this together. It's a blessing, isn't it? Are you glad you're here? Yeah. All right. Can someone move from one level of glory to the to another? Can you have can you decide? Years ago, there was this player, you know, soccer player. Called Ronaldinho. I don't know if you've heard of him before. Yes. That guy will be, they'll be playing soccer. Okay. And high profile match. I mean, very wild match. Real Madrid against Barcelona. Very wild match. And he, there's nobody scoring. It's about 55 minutes or 60 minutes. Nobody's scoring. He will just take the ball and decide that I'm going to score. You just decide that at this point, I want a goal. And he will move and go and get the goal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can anybody in life decide that at this point I want to change things in my life? Is it in our authority to change things? Do you understand the question? Can I change the course of my life? Can I decide that I don't like the way things are going now? I want to change things for it to become better. Is it possible? It's possible. For many, it's not possible. For many in life, it's not possible. Because many, for many, life, they just accept what life hands over to them. It's not a small thing to be, to be living and to have what you know you ought to have. Yesterday, I was sharing in one of our churches concerning how the natural normal life has been designed to make you fail. The natural normal life has been designed to make you fail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's just programmed to go downwards. 
there are different words that are used for life in the Bible. One of them is bios. Okay, bios is a Greek for the natural life. Bios is something every uh, uh, animal has. A dog has the bios life. A cat has a bios life. A lion has a bios life. Human beings have the bios life. That is the biological normal life that you have. It's life all about we growing up, uh, getting married, having children, going, growing old, and then dying, and then our children going through like that. Just like a normal, any other person or any other animal would, would go through. I don't know if I'm making sense of what I'm saying. There's biological life. And the biological life for a man, for a human being, has been designed to fail. To cause you to fail. You get married to the most beautiful woman that you have ever seen in your life. After five years, the person changes to become something you didn't bargain for. I understand what I'm saying. Sometimes young people don't see what is ahead. The Bible says the prudent man sees what is ahead. He sees the evil ahead and prepares himself today and hides himself today. It's wisdom to see what is coming and hide yourself. If you knew what was ahead of you, have you ever heard them say that life is war? Have you heard it before? They are not joking, it's true. But there's a certain kind of life they are talking about. They are talking about the biological life, the bios normal life. It is war. It will not give you what you bargain for. It will not give you what you desire. Ask older people. Ask them whether they are living the life they wanted to live when they were younger. You, they will tell you they are not. You may get 90% telling you that they didn't get what they really wanted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I surprising you? No. The normal biological life is designed to feel. Jesus said that all things are passing away. All things shall pass. Except my word. Everything will pass away except my word. But can a man decide that as, at this point in time, I want my life to get better. I want things to become different. For instance, you may not bargain for cancer, but cancer will just come to your life as time goes on. Without any announcement. Haven't you ever heard people walking around? They're just walking around. They fell down. Got up. Went to the hospital and were told they had cancer. Have you heard it before? Sometimes I know, I know someone personally, you know, the person was just at supper, sat down. As I was sitting there, I realized it's, it was a lady actually. She realized she was having a headache, you know. So, oh, me tea. You know, like that cancer. Me tea, me tea, me tea. Before long, within 20 minutes, she was dead. Just like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But can life be different? There's a question I want us to answer today. Can you decide that you are going to have a good, beautiful, excellent life? Can you decide? Is it in your power? Can you decide that you are not going to die at a very young... Because some people just check out at a very young age. They've not finished what they're supposed to do, but they just check out. We hear people... Haven't you heard it before? Someone's going to Kumase from Accra. He's going, going. And all of a sudden, something happens. And they are all dead. Everybody's dead, including the person. Have you heard some before? Have you ever wondered how you are going to die? Whether your death is going to be pleasant or unpleasant. Life. It's called life. The normal natural life is designed to fail. Designed for you to be depressed. Depression is part of the normal bios life. It's not, it's, not, it's not because God created it to be like. God didn't create it to be like that. Remember, in Genesis chapter 1, God created a beautiful world, doesn't it? Created a beautiful world, doesn't it? 
Yeah, he did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He created a beautiful world and had a wonderful world created, isn't it? But all the troubles and all the challenges that came came as a result of Adam's fall, Adam's sin. If you read in Romans chapter 8, let's look at it. Romans chapter 8. Let's read from verse 18. Romans 8, 18. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Verse, verse 20. Verse 21, rather. This is what 20, isn't it? Okay. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Let's read the Amplified, if you have the, the Amplified of this particular verse. For the creation, nature was subjected to frailty. Nature was what? Subjected to frailty. I feel like someone can build a nice house if nobody is living inside, or if, the, if he leaves the house to be there like that. With time, the, the house just starts decaying. Is it true? Yeah. You buy a nice TV. I remember the, years ago, black and white was the TV, was the in thing. After some years, black and white wasn't the in thing, isn't it? Then we, colored TVs came in with the big etikopo. Yeah. After some time, it's no more yeah. like that, isn't it? Yeah. Someone can buy sofas in his house, very nice sofas. After five years, those sofas become old. You buy a new phone, new nice phone, you don't want anybody to even touch it. You, you keep cleaning, wiping the screen on your shirt, even if, no matter how nice your shirt is. You don't want it to get dirty. But after about three weeks or four weeks, you realize that the phone means nothing to you anymore. Everything in life has been programmed to fail because of what Adam did. He says, for the creation of nature was subjected to frailty. It was subjected to frailty, to futility. Condemned to what? Frustration. So life has been designed to frustrate you. Hey, is it not amazing? Amazing. What a shock. Yeah. Why are we born? It's as though man is born for the tomb. From the womb to the tomb. Hey. It was subjected to frailty, to fertility, condemned to frustration. Not because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who so subjected it, yet with the hope. He's talking about Adam. The fact that Adam subjected or sub- put the world into the problems that it is in currently. Because he had hope. A certain hope. What hope did Adam have? Adam had the hope and knew that God would send Jesus Christ to come and come and die. So the, the death of Christ makes a very big difference. Jesus said something in John chapter 10 verse 10. He said that the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you may have what? Life. Jesus came to give something called life. He didn't only come to take away sin. He came to give something called life. But the word life Jesus used here in John chapter 10 verse 10. In James, please, if you have it. Since the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Who is the thief he's talking about? He's talking about the devil. Okay. He says, the thief cometh not but, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. The word Jesus used here for life was the very first time it was used by anybody. The Greek, you know the Bible was not written in English. It was written primarily in Greek. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. But Jesus was speaking speaking Hebrew at this particular point, because Jesus was Hebrew. He was speaking Hebrew. Okay? But the Greek word that is used for life here is not the same as the first one I mentioned, the bios that I mentioned. It's another word. Jesus used another word called zoe. That's the Greek word, zoe. Z-O-E. 
zoe, which means the God kind of life. The God kind of life. If you depend on the natural life, it's, I've showed you its end. Brothers and sisters, kingdoms have come and gone. People have built empires. Haven't you heard rich people who became poor with time? Have you heard it before? There was a man called Alexander the Great. You've heard of Alexander the Great before. He became king of Greece when he was just 22. By the age of 32, he had conquered the whole world. Ten years after he became king, the whole world had been conquered by him. He had conquered the whole world. He's the one who, any land, if he sees land, he'll go, he'll go for it. He conquered lands and lands and lands and lands and crossed over to India. Conquered the whole of India. After conquering India, he sat on the shores of India and realized that there's no more land. And cried and said that there's no more land. Why is there no more land for me to conquer? Two weeks later, he died. At age 32. Do you even know his kingdom? Do you know his empire? He built an empire called the Grecian Empire. Do you know about it? If Probably if you don't know, if someone is not called Alexander around you, you will not even know that someone... You, you don't even know that that person is called is being called after that particular man. There was someone called Alexander the Great. He's the one who said, I came, I saw, I conquered. Where is he now? Where is he? Rome had many emperors. From Caesar to Diocletian. Plenty of emperors. Who declared that there was one called the, the, the guy I just met. Diocletian declared himself God. He was a man, but he declared himself God to be venerated as God. Now for God to, God got so angry with him, he decided to use a man to make him angry, to make Diocletian angry. That man was called John. John the Divine. He's called John the Divine because he could not die. They tried to fry him. Diocletian tried to fry him in a frying pan, full of oil. All the oil evaporated and he was still alive in the pan. They tried to, they tried to insert a sword into his, into his body. They did. The sword didn't go through his body. The sword was still, the sword just broke. They tried to chop off his head. The axe broke. They tried to do so many things, but it didn't work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you listening to me? The guy was not dying. Kingdoms have come and gone. So sometimes someone will be building something like he's really he's spending his time building something. Have you have you heard of uh, 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 Steve Jobs? What did Steve Jobs do? Uh, what didn't he do? He did everything, isn't it? He's the one who's, who, who built Apple. These Apple phones that we have and Apple ma- uh, ma- uh, machines that we have. I mean, high-profile stuff. Where is he now? Where is he? He's dead, isn't it? The bounce life has been designed to fail. That's what I want you to realize. The fact that if you decide to do it according to the flesh, you will fail. If you decide to do it according to the natural, you will fail. Maybe by... For all these years, you've been trying to do it according to the natural, and you failed, and it has frustrated you. Sometimes people tell us about 21 reasons, 21 steps to success. They tell us step number one, do this, step number two, do this, step number three, do this. By the time they get to step number four, you are forgotten about step number one. You don't know what they are talking about. Yeah. But is there a way? Can there, is there a way for things to get better, for things to become glorious in your life? Can you move from one to two and change things that are around you? Can you change things around you? Can you make things better? Can you make your life not go into sickness and disease? Can you make your life go into prosperity and increase and grace? 
Is it possible? Emphatically, yes. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus said, I've come that you may have what? I've come that you may have what? And have it more abundantly. The Greek says, the, the amplifier says, to the full. To have it to the full. What life? I said it's called Zoe, isn't it? Which means the life of God. The life. Does God fall sick? You ever heard God? One day you woke up in the morning and God shouted in the heaven. Ah! <laughs> Have you ever anything like that? Did you ever wake up and see the sun closer to your, your house? The sun was very close. When you woke up and you open your window or you open your door, the sun was in front of your door. Hey, the sun had come closer. Have you ever seen anything like that? God is not a failure. God created the sun a long time ago, billions of years ago. And that sun has not stopped shining. It has not fallen. It has not come closer than it's God. If the sun should come closer, or rather, if we should go closer to the sun, just an inch, all of us will burn to death. If we should go away from the sun, just an inch, all of us will freeze to death. Can you imagine? We are positioned at the right place to experience the sun, the sun's rays, and enjoy it for good. Who did that? God is the one who did that. What makes God God? What causes God to be excellent? God is so excellent. Did you ever see God looking for money? Did you ever see anything like that? No. Did you ever see God looking for money? No. Why? The dude is rich. He's rich. He's super rich. The Bible says that he's walking on gold. Streets of gold. Hey! Streets of gold. Why should we be down here and be suffering? When he is walking on streets of gold, that is why he sent his son to come and come and die. So that we will have access to his life. What makes him God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you a scripture. Go to 1 John chapter 5. Let's read verse 13. Okay. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. We can we can read. Okay, it's okay. Let's read from verse 13. It says, These things, this is first John, not John chapter 1. This is first John, okay? First John chapter 5, verse 13. 1 John 5, verse 13. It says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. It says, I'm writing these things to you that believe on the name of the Son of God. So that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. He says, I'm writing to you. He's writing to people who are, who are already born again. He says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. Because some people don't know that they have eternal life. You can be born again and not experience the goodness of God. That he experiences. You see, Jesus came so that you may have what? Life, isn't it? I'm not the one who said it. Jesus himself said it. He said, I am come that you may have life. Of course, Jesus came to take away sin. But in place of the sin, he gave us his life. What life is that? The life that makes him God. Look at Jesus. Let's look at Jesus for a moment. Did you ever see Jesus uh, 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 blind? Was he ever blind in his walk during the during his walk on earth? He was never blind. He was rather opening blind eyes. Did Jesus have need of of money? He never did, isn't it? When he needed to feed a lot of, there were five thousand people with him in the desert for three days. Okay, for three days continuously, the meetings came to an end. Then he said, Jesus was so full of compassion, he said to his disciples, we cannot send these people away hungry. If we do, they will all die on the road. He asked the disciples initially that, 
do you have let's find some food for them and the disciples said master even if we should get a year's wage a year's pay we can't even we can't feed these people what are you, we can't feed them what are you talking about let them go home he said that if we should send them home they will all die on the way let's feed them and he asked do you have any meal around they said oh that's a, a young boy's lunch small boy's lunch small small boy's lunch just some two fishes and some five loaves he said give me them give me the fishes and the five loaves the bible says that all he did was to bless it and he gave it to them and when he gave it to them everyone fed everyone ate to their full and they gathered 12 baskets as 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 bonus you understand what i'm saying now every every gathering in israel in israel women were not counted okay sometimes people ask oh where's who was who was cain's wife have you ever asked yourself that question where did cain find his wife in, in genesis chapter Genesis chapter 4. all of a sudden cain we know that cain and abel were born then all of a sudden cain kills abel then the next thing you know is that cain goes away with his wife and gives birth where did his wife come from you see the ladies were not counted and mentioned the ladies were never counted and mentioned check your check check your bible you realize they are not counted and they are not mentioned okay so when adam when eve eve gave birth to cain the first thing she said was that thank god god has given me a male child because she had female children so cain married one of his sisters and went away do you understand now in jesus's day the same thing they were not counting the men the the, lead, the women and the children so the five thousand that they mentioned was actually five thousand men not women and children not counted and normally you have more women and more children in a particular meeting is it true yes. yeah the men are normally few so he fed about twenty thousand people no sense of luck no sense of luck what made jesus jesus is what he has given to you and i when you become born again he gives you that life that life superimposes do we have a is our natural life still existent emphatically not the bios life is supplanted by this the, the zoe life you understand what i'm saying so if you are, if you are born again you are not a normal person you are not you are no more you are no more brakufi's son auntie yes daughter mr says you are not you are not mr says son any longer Look at John chapter 1, verse 11. Let me show it to you. Do you agree with what I'm saying? Yes. Hmm. We can change things. Things can become better. Wow. I can change things. Yes, we can change things. Things can become better. Things can become more exciting. Life can become more exciting. Yeah, it can. This, he's talking about Jesus here. He says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Jesus came unto his own, his own adult received him not. Then he says, but as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Those who believed in him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Have you believed on his name? Yeah. If, you are not, if you are here and you are not born again, your life has not begun yet. You are just existing. I'm telling you, you are just existing. Your life hasn't begun. You just came to exist. The moment you receive Christ into your life, then life begins. Wow. Then life begins. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Wow. Go to the next verse, verse 13. Which were born, children who were born not of blood. So right now, you don't hear. Now, you may think that what I'm saying, I'm just entertaining you. I'm not trying to entertain you. I'm telling you the truth of God's word. Elias, Elias or Elijah said, let God be true and all men be liars, including you. 
This is God's word. Unless you don't see the Bible as God's word. This is God's word. The Bible is not a document, a history document. Though. It is the manner for changing your life, the manner for helping you navigate your life. Every every machine you have in this world comes with a manual. Is it true? Yes. If you buy a watch, you have a manual by it. Yeah. If you buy a shirt, there's a manual in the shirt. You know every shirt has a manual. Yeah. The tag is the manual. Yeah. They will tell you this is wash and wear. You don't need to iron. Just wash it and wear it. Others will tell you this is cotton. You need to iron it at this temperature. Isn't it? There's a, if you don't read it, if you don't read the manual, you will have problems with the shirt. You buy it. I remember there was a day my, my wife bought a very expensive dress. She didn't read what was at the tag. She just watched it once and that was the end. You know, she bought this very she bought like 200 Ghana cities, just one top. I was not, I was like, ah, are you serious? She just watched it once and then it became something. It just stretched like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you don't read the manual, you will encounter problems. If you read the manual, you get to know exactly what the thing can do. In the same way, the life of God that God has given to us has a manual. It has a manual to it. Are you listening to me? It has what? A manual. a manual. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, he says that you are God's workmanship. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, that's what he says. He says that you are God's workmanship. You are God's handiwork. If you are born again, you have become God's instrument. God's, God's, God's manufactured product. If you have a Rolex watch, do right behind it. Water resistant. It means that you can put it in water and it will still be okay. It can go through the water to come out a success. That's what it means. In the same way, God also, God after he has given him as his life, shows us exactly. He says, look at it. Ephesians 2 verse 10. He says, go back, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, unto good works, or created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Look at the Amplified. The Amplified is nicer. And God's work. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. We are his what? Handiwork. Have you seen it? You see, the chair you are sitting on was made by a certain company, isn't it? They trust that when you sit on it, you will not fall. That's why they allowed it to get out of their company. If they knew that you sit on it and fall, they will not let it go. There's a company image that the company must preserve. You remember when Samsung Galaxy Note 7 or so, Note 7, isn't it, was exploding all over the place. What did they do? They record all of them, isn't it? Because they don't want to give them a bad image. It was beginning to give them a bad image. If they get a bad image, that means that they are, they are following the following products will not be accepted by the market. No, no correct company will allow a, a product that is not correct to get out of its factory. Except China. <laughs> but even though right now they've started changing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do you think God will allow you to escape his factory if he thinks that you will fail? Why do you think so? Are you a child of God? If you're a child of God, then God believes in you. He believes that you will not fail. He knows what he's thinking about you. Hallelujah. He says that you go through the fire and you shall not be bent. You go through the water and you shall not be drowned. That's what God says. He says a thousand shall fall at your side. Ten thousand shall rise, but it shall not come nigh thee. With your eyes, only with your eyes shall you behold the reward of the wicked. That's what the Bible says about you. That is why the word of God, the word of God is there to help you locate who you are, what you are. That is why you have to read it. If you don't read it, you will not know what is inside. But it's, it's one of the most difficult materials to read, is it true? No. It's like a sleeping pill for most of us. When you open it, you just start sleeping. You are not fit. you watch TV, you are fine. But when you open your Bible like this, <laughs> you just go to sleep. Is it true? Yes, it is one of the most difficult things to read. 
Because the devil knows that if you should read it and know what is inside, he's in trouble. So God designs a place called the church for you to be able to learn from there. That is why the church, that's why the pastors are there to help you, guide you, and show you exactly what it says. That's why I've come to help you see it. I may be saying some things that you've never thought were in the Bible. You see. Because God gives special grace to those who have gone ahead of you. So that you can let you can hear them and have things change for you. He says that we are we are his workmanship, we are his manufactured product. You are like you are like an <laughs> a missile that has been programmed by God to hit your target. You see, no, no, the Americans don't allow missiles to get out of their, their military bases if they know that it's not going to hit their target. They know what it means. If they should miss their miss their target, their enemies will bomb them in a way that they will never forget. Is it true? So if they target, they program it and say that it's going to hit this particular place where the enemies are, it, that they trust it that it will hit the, 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 the particular target they designed. They designed it for. How much more God? Who is wiser than God? Who is, who is smarter than God? God will not allow you to escape his factory if he doesn't know that you will succeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if you don't know, you see, if you don't know, you have troubles. The Bible says that for by knowledge, it says, through knowledge shall the just of my righteous ones be delivered. Through knowledge shall the just. Have you ever read it in your Bible? Look for it for me. Through knowledge. Let's look for it and then we'll read it. Okay? Through knowledge. In another place, he says that for the lack of knowledge, my people perish. It's very important that you get to know. If you don't get to know what you are, what you, are you have challenges. Have you ever heard anybody say that knowledge is power? Because it is. If you know. A lot of things change, start changing around you. The first step to real change is knowledge. Getting to know exactly what God has done or what God has said concerning you. If you don't know it, forget about it. You will not see it. In Psalm 82, he says that they know not, neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. I have said that ye are gods and that ye are children of the most high. But they shall die like men and like one of the princes of this world. Why? Because they know not, neither do they understand. You have, tell anybody, you have to get to know the word. Tell the other one, you have to get to know the way. Okay, or else life will take you like this. You see, the, the bios life, the biological life is designed to go up and come down. I've seen it too, I'm young, but I've seen it too many times. I've read history and seen. You think America was the, was the, was the world, power, world superpower years ago? It wasn't. Even now it's changing. It was another country, it was other countries. You see, I was talking about Greece, ancient Greece, and what they did. Greece is now owing billions and trillions of dollars. They can't even pay. They conquered land. They have a small land in Europe. You'd be shocked. All the plateaus, all those people, all of them. Hallelujah. Let's read King James, please. This Proverbs 11, verse 9, isn't it? It says, With his mouth, the godless man destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge and superior discernment shall the righteous be delivered. So let's read the King James of this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What am I saying? Can you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, you are talking to me. You can set your time for change. You can. You can decide that I, from now on I want, I want change. I want things to change. You can. You can set your own time for change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, an hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Through knowledge shall what? The just. Who is the just? 
the word the word just means righteous. Okay? The word just means a righteous one. Now, if you read the Bible very carefully, you realize that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In second in, in second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty one, the Bible mentions that he was he was made sin. Jesus was made sin. Who do you know sin? So that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the day you became born again, that is one of the things you should know about yourself, the fact that you have been made righteous. The fact that you can talk to God. For many, because they think that they can't talk to God, because of something that they have done, they are limited. They are limited in their requests. And for some, their past have chased them for many years. Your past can chase you. Something wrong, you did an abortion. The devil uses it every time against you. The fact that you had an abortion somewhere. When you kneel down to pray and you say, Father, then the devil brings it to your mind. Foolish boy. <laughs> Foolish girl. Abortionist like you. What are you talking about? Which father should listen to you? He's lying to you. But because you don't know what you are, he can lie to you and prevent you from having access to your own father. But if you know that you are the righteous of God, irrespective of what... Jesus did not die for good people. He died for bad people. He liked you when you were bad. Not now that he has, he has shed his blood for you that he's going to forsake you. What are you talking about? Hmm? Romans, look at Romans chapter 5 verse 8. I'm, I'm quoting so many scriptures. I don't know if I'm helping you in any way. Am I helping you? Yeah. What I'm saying helping you. Yeah. All right. He says, but God commended his love toward us. God shows and expresses his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ did what? Christ died. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. Not while we were good. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. How much more now that he has died? And brought you to him. How, why do you think that he doesn't like you? Tell me about God likes you. Oh, tell me about God likes you. He loves you. He cares about you. Think like that. And for many people, when they think about God, they think about an old man who is sitting in heaven waiting for them to do something wrong for them, for him to shoot or to kill. It's as though God is holding a, a, a machine gun, a sniper, or holding a, a, a cutlass. When you do something, you just foolish boy. What did you do? God is not like that. God is a loving God sitting on the throne. The throne of God is sitting on the spot, the throne of grace. The throne of God is sitting on right now, as I'm talking. There are different thrones that God sits on. There's the white throne. The white throne is a throne of real judgment. That's when you read Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. You see it there. It's a white throne that he will sit on one day to judge the universe. He has another throne called the Bema, the Bema seat. That's the throne he will sit on to judge his own children, to give them rewards. But he has another throne called the throne of grace and mercy. And that's the throne that, officially speaking, he's sitting on right now. It means that God is not against you. God, God is there to help you. God is not there to destroy your life. He's, he exists for you to do well. Can you imagine? Isn't it amazing? Amazing. That you don't have to be afraid of God any longer. I'm special. Yeah, you don't have to be afraid of God any longer. Why? Because he has made you his child. You are are his child now. And he's backing you. You see, he's backing you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm a child of God. I'm glad I'm a child of God. I'm glad I'm a child of God. God. He says that by knowledge, through knowledge shall the just, his righteous ones, be delivered. Because you can be a righteous one and still have, you will still be in bondage because you've not known. You've not gotten to know the scriptures. Is it difficult to know the scriptures? You don't need to know one million things before you can be, before you can start having change. No. Just one thing. Just one scripture. is okay. 
You don't need to have plenty of scripture. Just one. Whatever you know makes no difference. Just take a hold of it. Take a hold of what you have. There's only one scripture my mother knows. Romans 8, 28. You see, we've not discussed it, but he knows it. Because she's always talking about it. Romans 8, 28. What does it say? And we know that all things work together for the good of them who love God. For the good of them who are the called according to purpose, his purpose. That's all she knows. That's what she all every time. No matter what's happening. That's all. That's all. That's the only scripture she knows. And she has experienced change from for over the years. Just one scripture. You don't need to know thousand. Just one is good enough. Are you listening to me? Through knowledge, say through knowledge. Shall the just be delivered? Be brought out of trouble. How is this church going to grow? By your knowledge. By your knowledge. I started a church in a classroom. We're in a classroom. Several years ago, we're in a classroom. The church is just five and a half years old. We're in a classroom. I started pastoring in a classroom. And nobody will even come to my church. Today, we are talking about close to a thousand people. How did it happen during that short period? Knowledge. Can you imagine a classroom where we started from? Have churches in those classrooms. Those churches are still there. What's the difference between them and us? Knowledge. We know something they don't know. You get it? I know that I'm a child of God. I know that I'm called by God. I know that whatever I touch has to work. So if it's not working, I'll call out. I'll put the thing down. I like starting things because I have an opportunity to talk to that thing. And release the word of God to it. So when I touch I know that it's going to work. Why is it going to work? Because I'm a child of God. God is inside me. And I've touched, if I've touched it, God is the one who has touched it. It has to work. I know it. It's a deep-seated knowledge. I'm not talking about... A knowledge that you, a superficial knowledge that you know in your mind. I'm talking about something that is deep seated in your spirit, something that controls your life. When they wake you up, who are you? You say that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You just know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Through knowledge, say through knowledge. Through knowledge. Through, he says through knowledge shall the just be delivered, be brought from trouble into success. Through knowledge shall the just, shall my righteous ones be delivered. As many as received him, to them he gave the right. To them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Then he says, children who are not born of blood. You are not born of blood. See, I'm not born of blood. What it means is that maybe before you became born again, you were SS. Or you had a blood disease. Or there's a blood disease. Sometimes they are... Don't think that there are no curses in this world. Never think like that. If you think like that, there's something wrong with you. Change your thoughts along that line. The Bible says that they are God. Go to Second uh, First Corinthians chapter eight. Let's read from verse three. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Verse four. As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, this Paul, Paul is saying he was talking about because they were, they were having challenges concerning those things. People will say that oh, don't buy food that has been offered to idols. You see, and he was trying to. It was a challenge in their time, and he was trying to clarify. Even right now, some people preach that. That if you see a Muslim selling wache, don't buy it. Because the wache that is, she's not a Christian. She's selling wache. Then we are in trouble. We should stop eating cocoa. Isn't it? All the, the nice cocoa is from them. The nice wache is from them. An Ashanti who do it is not nice. A Muslim who do it is very nice. Is it true? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> At this our wache. You'll be shocked. Two of that feet. It's, it's very, they do it very nice. It will be very nice. Isn't it? Yeah. Ah. But during those times, when they kill any animal, they kill the animal and sacrifice it to the idols before they bring it to the market to come and sell. 
they sacrifice the blood to the idol and they bring their meat to the to the to the market to come and sell. If you go down the Paul mentions it, that which is sold in the shambles, buy without asking questions. The word shambles means market. That which is sold in the market, just buy without asking any questions because you are preserved. Okay? But in this place, it says that as concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is what? Is nothing in the world. And that there is none other God but one, isn't it? He says, an idol is nothing in the world. And that there is none other God but one. Go, go to the next verse, verse 5. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lost many. Have you seen it? The same person who said that idols are nothing is the same person saying that they are gods many and they are lords many. Meaning that he knew that there were there were powers apart from the power of God. Are you listening to me? <laughs> they are pa- I live in the Ashanti region. I was not born there, but I live there right now. I've seen people cursed. Someone will take eggs and mention what's that name? Antwa. Mention Antwa and smash it on the floor and pour whatever on it. Pour snap on it. And the person who did him wrong or her wrong will have a problem. The stomach will just become bigger. And then you see uh, veins on the stomach. You realize that something has happened. And they will take the person to Antoine. He will do something and you, you may have it being, you may have it work. Sometimes that's the way. The person will just die. Something is there. Look where you eh? Something is there. Is it true? You think something, something is there? Something is really there. There are people who are functioning by things. You think the work you are doing is everybody who is doing it with normal eyes, like you are your, your heart is pure. Your heart is pure. You don't have any problem. Your heart is pure. Your mind is pure. You are just doing the thing with, with your normal strength. Someone, before he comes to work, will stand somewhere and do this. And come and come and sell. And the person will be selling. Of course, later on, you have a problem, but you'll be selling. You'll be doing it with, with your eyes, with your two eyes, your two legs, and your two hands. You are, you are, you are failing. You are going to fail. You must, you must acknowledge the power that backs you. There's a power that backs you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, and take advantage of that power. What power is that? The power of God is inside. Yeah, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You must take advantage of what. If you don't know about it, you will not enjoy it. That's basically what I want to tell you. If you don't know, you cannot have change. If you know, you cannot change. They are lords many and they are gods many. Eh? Go to the next. Go to verse five. But to us, he says, but unto us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. Did you hear that? Are you sure you heard that? So Jesus is Lord, and we are by Him. We exist by Him. Look at the next verse. But he says something, verse, verse 7. He says, How be it, there's not yet, there's not in every man that knowledge. This there's not in every man that knowledge. What knowledge? The fact that there's only one. Only God is actually the He's actually the power of powers. And he backs me. And he's backing me. This, the, some people don't have that knowledge. And because they don't have knowledge, that knowledge, they'll have challenges. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Through knowledge. 
shall the just be delivered. You must know the word. Okay, tell me, but you must know the word. Take advantage of the word. Yeah, take advantage of it. We have something. We are not. We are not dumb. We are not. We are not. We are not helpless. We have. We have the power of God seated inside us. Yeah, and we can change things. We can cause things to be different. We can change things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go back to John chapter one for a reading. Let's read from this. Okay, he says, let's read from a store. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Verse 13. Which were born not of blood. He says, they were no more born, they were not born of blood. Meaning that in the, in the eyes of God, your fatherhood has changed. Okay? If you read Hebrews chapter, chapter 12, from verse 8. But, okay, Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read verse 8. Go, go up to the place where he mentions that your natural fathers chastise you. Says you have a father of the flesh and a father of the spirit. God is the father of spirits. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. In the eyes of God, your, your ownership has changed from your father of the flesh to him. He now owns you. Verse what? Verse 9. Okay. Furthermore, he says, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? In this verse, he tells you that there's a father of your flesh, and there's a father of your spirit. Who's the father of your flesh? Mr. Mr. Osei, isn't it? The father of your spirit is God. I was like, God, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And truth. God is a spirit. Your real being, your real personhood came from God. You are, your, the real you is spirit. Okay, that's the real you. You are not you are not this body. You are not container. This is a container. If you've seen a dead body before, you realize that the one who was looking through the eyes is no more there. So the eyes are shut. If the eyes are on, it's not seeing anything. It's just a container. This container is left here. The real person, the real content, is spirit. And God is the father of that spirit. So the day you become born again, He lets you know that, brother, your blood no more comes from your your father. Your blood is now from me. If there's any sickness in your system now, I am the one who is who is your owner. Do you see? So you if what do you so what do you do now? Now that you know what God is saying, what is God saying about me? God says that He has made you. <laughs> is God going to? Sometimes we, we think that God is going to do something, and most of us preach that that God is going to do something in your life. God is going to change things in your life, brother. It's not like that. According to the scripture, it's not supposed to be like that. What God is supposed to do, He has already done. All that God is supposed to do for you, He has already done. Can you imagine? The New Testament is different from the Old Testament. The Old Testament is like having a, your son go to school, go to polytechnic or secondary school, university. Yes, your son is in the university. First year, first semester. You don't know how much your son will be using during the semester. So you wait for your son to call you before you send the money, isn't it? So your, your, your son will call you. After two weeks, mommy, you, you, you sent him, you gave him, let's say, about 500 Ghana cities. Two weeks later, he calls you back. Mommy, the money is finished. I have to buy books. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do that. Okay, then you send another 500. So he keeps calling you. You send, he goes for the money like that. By the end of the semester, you realize that he used 5,000 Ghana cities for the semester. Next semester, when he's going, if you, you've known what he used, you will send the 5,000 to him at once and tell him, don't call me again. Just use the money. Because you have you know the range. You get it. 
The Old Testament was God's testing ground to know the range, what man required. When he saw what man required in the New Testament, he just sees all he's done is to give all the money, put all the money into the bank. Now, your requirement, you can you, what you need to do now is to take your ATM or your checkbook and go and take the, the money. I realize. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what you need to do now. So it is no more on God, it is now on you. I'm not the one saying it. Let me show you five scriptures or seven scriptures or eight scriptures to show what I'm talking about. Okay, go to Second Peter chapter one. Let's read from verse two and verse three. I can see I can change things. The first is what's the first element of change? Knowledge, isn't it? Knowledge of what? Why do you need knowledge of the word? Because you are now a child of God, and the word of God is now your manual. Do you get it? If you don't read the manual, what will happen to you? What will happen? All those of us who went to secondary school and never read the Casio calculator manual are the ones who had problems with commerce and elective mass. We failed. Is it true? You will never have an A if you didn't read that manual. If you never read it, you'll be in trouble. If you're in secondary school now, be smart. Go and read that manual. The Casio calculator comes in a very big box with plenty of papers inside. You realize you take the calculator is small inside, but the papers are plenty. You wonder they're crazy. Why did they spend so much money printing all these things? They weren't crazy. They printed it because of something. You see, matrix six can be punched by the calculator. You can just if you see the question, all you needed to do was know how to punch in the calculator. How to get it? Functions could be punched by the calculator. Equations, three, three, three equations could be punched. Is it true? That was all you needed to know how it worked, and the manual teaches it. But because you never read the manual, because you never read the manual, you were trying to solve those forty questions in one hour. <laughs> Try you, you pick question one, then you solve. You realize that all the answers they have given you all are possible answers. You work it by one method, they give you the same answer. Another method, you realize it's also another, another method. Hey! So you do this, you do this, you choose by faith. And then you you're on your way to fail. All because you never read the manual. All those who read it didn't have a problem. Within 30 minutes, we were done. We were just punching questions. Pa, 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 pa. They never used their pen to calculate anything. Pa, 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 pa. They would write, they would circle it. Pa, 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 pa. Who is smarter than the calculator? So just imagine if you are not reading the manual that concerns you. Your life. Just imagine if you are not reading. Why should you read it? You should read it because you see, fishes are born of water. Is it true? No fish is born in the air. No fish was born in Kompanachi or Azka. No fish was born there. Where were they born? They were born in the water. Is it true? Yeah. Fishes are born in water. When you are killing fishes, what do you do? You just take them out of water. You don't need to use machine gun to kill fish. <laughs> the fisherman who does that, something is wrong. I mean, there's something wrong upstairs. You don't need to do that. All you need to do is to get a net, get them coming in, and take them out of where they are used to, where they were born. If you take them out of where they are born, that is it. They'll just be sitting on the on the shore. They'll just be dying like that. They'll shake, 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 and then they'll die. In First Peter chapter one verse twenty, we'll come back to this. But First Peter one, the Bible says that being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that lives and abides forever. It says that you are born again, not by corruptible seed, but by the word of God. Have you seen? It says, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abides forever. So you are you were born again by the word of God. God used His word to get you born again. In John chapter three verse, Jesus said that except you are born 
again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Then in verse 5, he said, except you are born of the spirit and of water, you cannot see the, see the, uh, see, uh, enter the kingdom of God. The word water is the word. The word spirit is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit and the word of God are responsible for your birth as a child of God. That is where the life of God comes from. From the word of God. So you are born by the word in the word. All the devil needs to do to you to keep you failing or to keep you to die is to take you out of your environment. If it takes you out of your environment, you just be shaking like that. Before long, you are going down. That is why you have to read the Bible. That's why you need to know what is written in there. If you can't read it, let them teach you. Present yourself for you to be taught so that you would know and take it seriously. When we are listening to the Word of God, it's not the time to be paying attention to all kinds of things. One of the things that devil also does is to help your mind to roam. You can be, I can be preaching to you, you be evaluating me. What shirt is he wearing? What shirt is he wearing? Look at his shoe. How old is the pastor? Is he? I can see his man. How many children does he have? Is his wife beautiful? Is this? You be talk, Oh yes. Oh please. Probably you've asked that five times before. You are. I'm even saying it now. Probably. I'm not saying you have, but probably. You be evaluating. You go to church. You just look at everywhere. Where are these people? Uncompleted building. Ah. I don't like churches like this. I want air condition everything. <laughs> you just be valid. So as the word of God is coming, your mind just goes off. You will never be blessed. You can stay in the church for years and your life will still be the same. There are many people sitting in church who have not started listening to their pastor. They have not yet started listening. They have not. You can be in church for 20 years and you have not yet started listening to your pastor. The day you listen to him, everything will change. Yeah. Because the word of God Everything we are seeing in this world came out of the word. Is it true? Yeah. Everything we are seeing in this world. If you are a child of God, you know you believe in Genesis chapter 1. You don't believe that foolish thing that they talk about. Big bang theory. We came from apes. If we came from apes, why are the apes not changing to become more human? Why are you finding our uncles where you, you, maybe you see an, an ape a, a monkey is walking around, then he becomes your uncle. Hey, uncle! <laughs> There's nothing like that. If you are looking for a child, you don't look for a, mon- a monkey, hoping that it will change to become your child. One day you open the, the cage and it's your, your son is there. Oh my son, I've been waiting for you so, for so long. There's nothing like that. We couldn't have come from apes because those monkeys that are there are not changing. They are still there. If we came from monkeys, then where are those that are in transition? You get it? Where are those that, why do we have human beings? And why do we have... Complete distinction. Complete. Why do we have the difference? Why don't we have a middle one? One that has had... Uh, it's more, more. like the, the down part is human, the top part is ape. You are looking for a wife, you, you find out that your wife, the one you've chosen, has down ape, up, up human. So you are hoping, you are waiting. And then later on, the, there's nothing like that. If you are a child of God and you're a Christian, you should know that we can't, you can't believe in that story. You can't. You should know that everything that is around came from God, came from His Word. And God said, let there be light. And when he said, everything changed. The word of God is powerful. Hmm? It is the element for change. That is what will change things. You understand? It, would, it changes. I'm what I am because of the word. Why do I insist on excellence? Because the word of God has made me excellent. I've read it. I've gotten to know that I'm excellent. That whatever I produce must be excellent. Why I know that I cannot fail from the word. I know that I my, I'm designed not to fail, so I'm not expecting to fail. What do I do when something is not working right? It will work, no matter how long it takes to work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, there are different keys. I've showed you the key of knowledge. Now I want to show you the next thing, okay? I want to show you the next. I hope I hope I'm going to be able to finish before we leave. I preach. I preach. <laughs> Hallelujah. Know the word, okay? It will change your life. It will change your life. Tell everybody to change your life. You see, as I'm talking to you right now, eh, you are under the ministry of the word. And things are just changing. There were, there were some spirits that were worrying you. They are just fleeing right now. Jesus, Jesus casted down the devils with his word. I've been sharing Jesus' word, isn't it? The devils are just going. The devils that were in your mind are just going like that. But as Jesus spoke, people cried out and spirits left them. Jesus was just preaching and spirits was leaving them. So as I'm preaching to you now, the ministry of the word is causing you to, is creating an environment around you to cause you to do well. Jesus' name. See, I, do, I cannot fail. I, cannot fail. I, do not fail. I do not fail. Because I'm a child of God. Yeah, I've been designed like that. Say it like you mean it. I've been designed like that. Hallelujah. I hit my target. <laughs> yeah, I've been programmed for that. I've been programmed to hit my target. I will hit my target. Yeah, I'll hit my things that Things may not have worked till now, but now I know I'll hit my target. I know. I know. With God, there's nothing like delay, and there's nothing like something has been lost. There's wow. nothing like that. Wow. It's nothing like that. There's no delay with God. There's no, I'm too late. There's nothing like that. Wow. Abraham was 75 when he responded to God. Abraham was not called at 75. He responded to, he heard God's word and responded fully when he was 75. God spoke to him when he was 65. Ten years earlier. Yes. Read the Genesis chapter 11. Last portions of Genesis chapter 11. You realize that God has spoken to him. But when God spoke to him, he didn't obey God fully. He left the land of the Chaldeans, but he went to certain a place called Haran with his father, Terah. His father's name, Terah, means delay. His father was his, life, was his life to delay him in life. He delayed him for 10 years. When his father died, then he listened to God and moved. But God didn't say, because you have delayed, I'm not going to talk to you. It doesn't matter what has happened in time past. Do you understand? For Paul said, this is one thing I do. Forgetting the things which are behind. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Forget those things that are past. Tell you what, forget, the, forget the past. Make, tell you but make up your mind. For a fresh start. For a fresh start. Hallelujah. This is a fresh start. This is a fresh start. Okay? Tell you, but look at me very well. Because you, you will not be seeing me after some time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm using the word. The word is working on tell me about the word is working on me. The word is working on me. Yeah. The word is working on me. There's there's a ministry of the word. It, it can work on you. It can change things. You see, Peter and John and all those guys weren't smart guys, they were fishermen. But the Bible mentions in Acts chapter Acts chapter four, Acts chapter five, okay, that the Francis and the Sadducees and the rulers of the synagogue were shocked at the, the way they were talking with such eloquence and such confidence. And they, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They, because they had been with Jesus, their managers changed. Think, just because they were in, their, in the company of Jesus, things changed. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the word of God. Just because you are under the word of God, you are hearing the word of God now, things, things are changing already in you. you have, you'll be shocked that you go home and you can't, you can't think in a certain way. You'll just be thinking the way God wants you to think. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm going somewhere. Going somewhere. I can just see your future. 
Now I'm speaking prophetically. I can see your future. And what I'm seeing is you shining. You are just shining brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. You're just doing well, going higher and higher and higher. Going higher and higher and higher. Yeah. Going higher and higher. Keep your confidence in God. Don't think that God has forsaken you. God has not forsaken you. Keep your confidence in God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, keep your confidence in God. It's away. Okay? Alright, so I wanted to show you something very important. The fact that God is not going to do something. It's actually on you. It's now on you. Okay? When I say it's on you, I don't mean that you have to carry everything. The purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to help us carry. That's the reason why the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is there to help us. To help us do what God wants us to do. God does not give instructions and leave you to do it. When he gives you an instruction, he, he comes into you to help you to do it. Are you getting it? Man of God, come. Come. Carry him. Carry him. Try it. Just try it. Try Try some more. What did you say initially? You can't. Why can't he? Because he's too small. It's not in him to carry him. So the instruction I gave is foolish. The instruction I... How can I? I'm able-bodied. I, my mind is. How can I say to him to carry him? If I say that to him, then I'm remiss. There's something wrong with me. Is it true? Uh, Man of God, carry him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have carried you and your phone and everything. Don't worry. Don't, I'm not done. Hey, was it the correct instruction that I gave? Yeah. Was it the correct instruction? So if God says something about you, he's not foolish. If me, a man, I'm not foolish to tell this boy to carry this man because I know it is not in him to carry him. Why would God say that he has made you glorious, he has made your life successful, and that you can do all things when he knows he's lying and what he's saying is not true? That makes God foolish, isn't it? That makes God the, the instructions give it's a misnomer, it's not correct, it's a mismatch. Why should you say that? But if God says you can do this or do this, what he's saying is that he has given you the ability to do it. When I give him that instruction, it was normal, it's a normal instruction because he can just carry the thing. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! When God says that you have overcome all things, hmm. this, that's what God says about you. He says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. He says, Whatsoever is born of God. Are you born of God? Yeah. I, I guess I've been showing you that the whole day. You are a child of God. That's first John chapter 5. And so he says, For whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. It means that you've been designed to overcome the bias, the normal natural life. That is your design. If God is saying this to you, then it means that He has given you the ability, everything is inside. You can do it. You will not be submerged by the world. You will rule over the world. You will rule over situations and rule over all things. Why? Because God says so. God says so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say I'm going somewhere. Say I do not fail. 
I'm a success. The glory of God is resident in my spirit. And I'm exuding glory wherever I go. Yeah. All because you are a child of God. God has made you like that. It is inside. It is inherent. It is inside. Yeah, it's inside. I will never fail. So all I do is, is just repeat what God has said. So like I will not forget. Because one of the things that the devil does, the first thing the devil does to you to prevent you from enjoying what God has made you to enjoy is to keep you in ignorance. Why would why would it work? You can take your seats. Thank you. Let's give them an applause as Thank you so much. I was involved in a certain project, okay? And some people didn't want the project to go on. They wanted the project to end. They did it physically, they didn't work. So they did they decided to do it spiritually. One day I was sleeping. As I was sleeping, I saw something sitting on my bed. I mean clearly you was not. God does not sit on my bed like that. God is sitting inside me. Doesn't sit on my bed like that. And he came with a presence, wanting to press me and press my you know that thing? They call it Mununkum. This one was above Mununkum. I know Mununkum, but this one was beyond Mununkum. God was there wanting to press my neck. He tried. And I said, Hey, I'm a child of God. Come on, get out. He just went up like this, hit the floor, and got out of my room. Can you imagine? And I woke up. And I, I, I was so angry that he could be able to. It got the opportunity to enter my house, come into my room, and come and sit on my bed. I was so angry. I was so, I did, I was so angry. I didn't know what to do myself. It really pained me. And I went back to sleep. When I woke up, it was as though I could, someone had injected me. I couldn't walk. I was dragging my leg like this. I didn't care. I didn't start praying. You see, sometimes we pray out of fear. Our prayer is fear, fear inspired. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you say Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're saying Jesus not because you have confidence in the name, but because you are afraid. That's why it never works. When I woke up, I didn't, I didn't even pray about it because I dealt with it. You get it? I, I woke up. I was dragging my leg initially. I went to the project site. I went to be there. And I was walking normally. Walking normally. As though nothing was happening to me. I would just be moving around. Yeah. Making them know that I'm around. Whatever. I'm around. Brother. I'm not going anywhere. I'm around. It took three days for it to go completely. But for three days, I was not feeling the pain. I didn't pray about it. I was there. When I went to stand on that side, when I saw there's some, a fly just entered my nose and blood started coming out of my nose. I didn't pray. Jesus, Jesus. No. I just said, wash my face, wash my nose. You can't do anything about me. I'm a child of God. God is seated inside me. What can you do? What can you do to me? Now, when they realized they couldn't do anything to me, spirit, they just couldn't. Do, and now, it's not, it wasn't because I had prayer, like prayer topics. I will never let the devil inform my prayer. The devil should not inspire my prayer. I pray because I love God. I pray because I care about him. And I care about what he cares about. Not because I want... God, you know, can you see what my enemies are doing? He, this is what God says about your enemies. He, he, oh. He sets before me a table in front of my enemies. I've read some 23 before. What does he say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He made him lie down. Give passions. Blah, 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 blah. The place where he talks about the fact that eh, in front, he sets a table before me in where? In the of my where? In the of my where there are enemies. This is what happens. He sets table before you. 
that is where you should you are going to eat and enjoy you must not enjoy outside of enemies you must enjoy in the presence of enemies they had to make peace with me after a point the day i sat down with them the one who was doing that the chief amongst them who was doing that wanted to say something okay right she wanted to say something spiritual but the first thing she did was that suffer you get it yeah. she, she had to seek for you know, she had to seek for permission from me because she knows what I, I she knows she has tested me and she has gotten to know that brother this one we don't play with it you are that powerful that we don't play with ah, how can you touch electricity and be fine no no how can you touch electricity and be fine you are touching you are playing with electricity you know what will happen to you you'll be shocked you have that electricity you have the power vote of god walking in the air nobody can touch you tell you tell you but nobody can touch you you need to know it you need to know it and know it and know it and know it and know it that i'm a child of god whatsoever is born of god cannot be overcome by the world i overcome the world because i'm a child of god Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm going somewhere. Yeah. This is my meeting. Yeah. So, so no matter, no matter what is happening, calm down. Just, just relax. Okay. If there are lost many, there are God's many, but we have one God. I'm in Him, and I exist by Him. Nobody can touch me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Know the word. I don't know why I can't stop saying that word. I want to go on, but it's not working. Hmm? Know the word. Know it. Let it get inside you. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2, 3. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Can you imagine? Have you ever read this in the Bible? Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? End of, our, of Jesus our Lord. I've just been sharing concerning knowledge, isn't it? So, do you know what grace is? Grace is ability. Grace is the favor of God. Grace is the power of God that is resident in you. He says grace and peace. Grace is what causes things to work around you. You get it? For instance, you can, sometimes you have people who are, it's like they are just increasing. They just, they, they will be selling tomatoes. When you go to the market, you see tomato sellers line. Is it true? You are not the only person selling the tomatoes there. You have about 15 people selling tomatoes, and you're also amongst them. But there's this particular woman that everybody walks. They just walk. When they come, they just walk to that woman. Not because a shop is positioned in the right place, but because there's something around the person. It could be the power of the devil, or it could be the power of God. Two things. People plant things in their shops to, to be able to get things. But the grace of God is what causes people to locate you and accept you. Accept whatever you do. Grace means acceptance. Do you understand what I'm saying? Grace is like air. It cannot be seen. The results of it or the effects of it is what can be seen. The wind blows and you see the effect. You cannot see and touch the wind. But you can see the effect. It moves things. It makes you feel different. Do you understand what I'm saying? Grace is like that. Grace is that thing, that, that influence of God that causes things to work around you and causes you to walk into the place where you're supposed to walk into. It positions you the right way and gives you ability to do more than you could do before. 
Sometimes you want to, someone says, I want to start a business, but you don't even have the energy to start it. I realize. Or you have started it, but you don't have the wisdom to carry it to the next level. You can plan and plan and it's not working. You plan a thing fails. You plan a thing fails. You plan a thing fails. It says grace. Okay, this is what they amplify. May grace, God's favor and peace, which is perfect well-being and unnecessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears and agitating passions and mortal conflict, be multiplied unto you. Okay, it's powerful. I'm just trying to explain what grace is to you. Okay? It is the influence of God in the human spirit that causes a man to be accepted where he goes and produces grace. It produces pleasure around him and produces joy around him and causes things to work and makes him walk in favor. Basically, that's what grace is. You understand? It's an influence. It's an influence. And this particular scripture says that grace and peace. As for peace, we know what peace is, isn't it? Now, there are two types of peace. There's the peace of the world and there's the peace of God. He's not talking, of course, he's not talking about the peace of the world. Go to John chapter 14. Oh, I'm putting so many scriptures, isn't it? I'm so sorry for choking you. John chapter 14. Let's read from verse 20. John 14, 27. Okay. John 14, 27. Look at Jesus. He says, Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the word giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It says, Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the word giveth, give I unto you. Let, how, what is the word's peace? The word's peace is dependent on what is happening around you. If everything is fine, then you are at peace. No depression, no fears, nothing. Because money is coming. Your children are fine. Everything is okay. Because of those happenings, you are at peace. Oh, I have peace. I even realize it doesn't happen. <laughs> I realize. The world's peace is short-lived. Jesus' peace is the peace that is not dependent on what is happening around. Jesus' peace is what causes you to be peaceful when you are going through the toughest of times. Let me give you an example. There was a day Jesus was, uh, Jesus had given an instruction. He said to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. They are crossing the sea to go to the land of the Gadarenes. When he said, let us cross over to the other side, he went to bed. The Bible says that he was sleeping in the hinder part of the boat, on the pillow. And we were going through the sea on the, on the boat. As we were going, the Bible says that winds rose and the waves rose. And the ship was just moving up and down. And it, the water was even coming to the boat. And the disciples went to him and hit him and said, Lord, cares thou not that we perish? Why don't you care that we perish? And he woke up. When he woke up, what did he do? He didn't talk to anyone. He didn't criticize them for waking him up or blaming him for what he didn't cause. Most of the time we blame God for what he has not caused. I realize. They were blaming him for what he had not caused. He just walked straight outside and said, Peace be still. When he said that, the thing became still. And he turned to them and said, How come you don't have any faith? And went back to sleep. And the Bible says that they were shocked. They were shocked. Now, when Jesus was coming, when the old Jesus said, he didn't wake up like this. Hey, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Now, the band, the band, the man can't share me. And you should have told me earlier that you should, when it was small, like when he was doing it. You know, now it's all over the place. Why are you, you are now calling me? Are you people serious? They didn't do that. He woke up peacefully and went to calm the sea and came back to bed. That is the kind of peace Jesus has given to you. The peace that, that causes... When things are rough, you can still be cool, calm, and collected, even though nothing is working around you. So that's this, my peace, I give unto you. Not as I will give unto you, give unto you. 
Okay, let then says, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let your heart be afraid. It says, calm your heart down. Don't let your heart be troubled. Because I'm with you. If you know that I'm with you, what's your problem? Are you listening to me? Am I helping you in any way? Yeah. So, the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says that this peace and the grace I just described to you can be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The more of the word you know, the more the peace you enjoy and the more grace you enjoy. You can have grace happening, grace doing a lot of work in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 3. According as is divine. Now this is what I really want you to see. And I'll sit down. According as his divine power has given unto us all things. Do you know all things? All things means all things. All things mean everything without anything excluded. It says that according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Eh? Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. According as his divine power, according as God's divine power has given unto us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. He has called us to what? Glory and virtue. That is our calling. The day you became born again, you are called unto glory. You know what glory is? Glory is resplendence. Glory is beauty. It's doing well. It's having things work around you. He says he has called. That is his calling for you. When God called you, he didn't call you unto suffering. He didn't call you unto depression. He didn't call you unto sadness. He, he knew all those things were there. That's why he came to call you. He came to call you into glory. And into virtue. The word virtue is excellence. Moral excellence. Do you understand? Goodness. It says that according as the divine power has given. He has given unto us all things. It means that everything that you require has been given to you. Everything. Everything that you need is inside your spirit. That's why in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 11 it says that for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is inside him. Your spirit man knows everything is inside. Tell me about everything is inside. All the cars you ever drive in your life are inside. All your money that you ever, all the money that your hand will ever handle is inside. Brothers and sisters, I'm not, I, I speak the truth. I lie not. My conscience also bearing witness. I'm not lying to you. If you believe what I'm, if you give your chance, yourself the opportunity to believe what I'm telling you, you'll be shocked at what will be happening around you. No, if you knew that you can change things and that you don't need an external whatever to do something, I mean, you know that it's on you. When you know that it's on you and that God is backing you and that God, the Holy Spirit is inside you to help you, you know you, know you can work on change. You can work on things yourself. One man of God called Bishop Oedipo. I don't know if you know Bishop Oedipo. He's one of the richest men in the world. He didn't start like that. He was so poor that he didn't deserve the O.R. Was poor. You know, you spell for P O O R, isn't it? He was so poor that he didn't deserve, he couldn't purchase the O R, the last O R. His money was not enough to get even the last O R. Yes, he was so poor. He was not known, he was in an obscure place. Today, he's one of the richest men in the world. I'm talking about billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How did that happen? How did that happen? What I'm sharing with you now. He heard someone talk like I'm talking. 
said, hey, if everything is inside me, then I, I have to do it. So he took books that spoke about prosperity. He, he looked for Kenneth Copeland's books, Anglia Copeland's books. Took them and took his Bible and went to sit somewhere to study and know what exactly God is saying, what I said concerning himself. See, because the next thing you need to do after getting knowledge is to believe in the knowledge you have. You can know something and not believe in it. You know that. You believe in, the, in all that you learned in school. You even remember it. You don't remember. You did true, poor, past, and forget. You gathered knowledge in school. But you, don't, you did science in school. You can you know you, see, you know that you don't add you don't add uh, 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 water to acid. You rather add acid to water. You know it, isn't it? But in your normal life, you for, you forget it. <laughs> you add water to acid, and you to explode on your face. I did chemistry in school. There was this lady who was doing master's when I was doing my first degree, and she was supposed to. Yeah, she was doing her project, so she brought an asset there, and there was water there. You know what she did? She emptied the contents of the water into the acid, and it exploded on her face, and peeled her face off. Even though she was taught in school and knew it, it was in her head, but she didn't believe it in her heart. You see, what you believe is what controls you. If you believe something, it controls, it's just control, you, you don't, you, you, it goes beyond head knowledge. It enters your heart and now controls you. It controls the way you walk, the way you talk. It does everything. There was a day Jesus went to went to the mountain to go and pray with Peter and John. When he came down from the mountain, this is in Mark chapter 9, he saw his disciples trying to cast out the devil. Okay? They tried all that they could. One would say, Out! Out! <laughs> and the demon was still looking at him. You don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> And the other person said, oh, move, move away, let me, let me try. And do things, out, 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 out. The demon will still be there. And the boy's father was worried. So Jesus, they saw Jesus coming down from the mouth. When they saw him, they ran to him. Hey, Jesus, you have come. And the boy's father went to his feet and said, Jesus, help me. I told, I, I, my boy is possessed with a, dumb, a deaf and dumb spirit. The spirit cast him into, into, the, into water, into fire, trying to kill him. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. Then Jesus came and said that, said to his disciples, How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Can't you do this one? You see, they did all that they had seen Jesus do. Because they had knowledge of what he had done. They said that out there with Jesus to say it. Out. <laughs> Nothing happened. And we do another thing. Out. Nothing happened. Jesus came and did out. And the demon left. They were worried. The disciples were worried. How come we could not do it? How come we didn't get the results this guy got? The Bible says that they came to him in the night and came to ask him, Lord, how come we could not cast the devil out? The first thing Jesus said was that because of your own belief. First thing, your own belief. It's in the Bible. As I'm saying it, he's showing it. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately. They were so shy, they couldn't, they couldn't, they asked him privately. Why? Could not we cast him out? Look at the next verse 29. And he said unto them, This time come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Because of your unbelief. Go to the one in Mark. You see, uh, sometimes one person will record one portion, the other person will record another portion. You put all of them together, you know what I'm talking about. There's one in Matthew chapter 19, I believe. Look for it for me, please. Jesus mentioned this particular thing, but before he said this, he mentioned their unbelief. Look at 28 and let me see. 
so important. This thing is so important. Tell everybody it's so important. After getting to know you must believe. Okay? You must believe. With your heart you believe. Let it control you. Let that knowledge control you. Matthew 17, 20. Thank you. Matthew 17, 20. Same story. Different content. Because one person records one side, another person records one side. If you want that complete story, you put everything together. Okay? And Jesus said unto them, because of, let's read verse 19 into 20. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? You see, it's the same story. Okay, next verse. Verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Because of your what? Your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of master seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence and be and to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Nothing shall be impossible unto you, if only you have faith. What is faith? Faith is knowledge, believing, and speaking your faith. That's what I'm actually describing to you. Nothing can change without faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by the word. Eh? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the That's the knowledge of God's word. When it comes, you believe in it. Then you speak it forth. You'll be shocked at what will be happening around you. But if you don't believe in what you, if you don't believe in what God is saying, how do you know you believe? You believe what you believe will come out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And believing is a thing of the heart. In Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in where? In where? In thine heart. Thou sh- that, that God has raised you from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. For with the mouth. For with the heart, man believeth. The, the believing is done with the heart. Okay? How do you know that you believe? You will know you believe when you start when it starts escaping your mouth. You see, if you if you are insulting, if you, you like saying, Oh, go away, look at your face. It's what you see in your heart. You can you can say, I don't I'm not going to say that again. You say that, you say it again. Because it's, it's a matter of the heart, it's not a matter of your mouth, it's a matter of your heart. You understand? How do you believe? You believe through meditation on the word of God. As you gather the knowledge of God's word, you have to meditate on it, think on it. The more you think on it, the more it settles in your heart. And if it settles in your heart, to start escaping your mouth. See, the way I'm saying, I cannot feel, I do not feel. It just comes out of my mouth. I don't have to encourage myself to say it. It just comes. Because I know it is in my heart. Do you understand? It's in my heart. It's there. God has given you all things that pertains to life and godliness. All things. You can chart your course of greatness. You can, can chart your course of greatness by what I'm showing you now. Oh, the profound knowledge concerning prosperity. Thought on and meditated on until you got to He fasted for three days. Thinking on those things. Prosperity is mine. I cannot fail. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 it says that you know the great 8-9 rather. This you for you know the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. That's what Second Corinthians 8 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. How do you do that through his poverty? By receiving him. You've now received him, isn't it? Now that you've received him, he says that he has made you rich. So you don't wait until money is in your pocket before you say I'm rich. You have all, I have all things. Why do I have all things? Because the word of God says I have all things. First Corinthians chapter. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 20. Let's read 21. Okay, it's okay. 20 is okay. 
And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Verse 21. Therefore, let no man glow in men. For all things are what? Yes. All things are what? Yes. See, all things are mine. All things are mine. Am I the one saying it? No. Is it not in the Bible? Don't read the Bible with your grandmother in mind. Or with your friend in mind. Or with another brother. You know, when we are preaching like this, you say, oh, if only of you are here, you would have heard it. It's, you are the reason why we are preaching it. People read the, the Bible with someone else in mind. As they are reading, Adua should read this thing. As I don't read the Bible. Hey, look at it. The Bible says forgive. Adua is not forgiving at all. You are the one God is talking to. He's not talking to somebody else. The Bible is written to you. That's why you must replace it with your name. It's for, let, let, for all things are yours. Look at the next verse, verse 32. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world, this the world is yours. Life is yours. Death is yours. It means that you, don't, you can't die just like that, like a chicken. Say, I will not die like a chicken. I cannot die like a chicken. Read the Bible carefully. It says that <laughs> he satisfies his, his beloved with long life. Are you the beloved of God? Yeah. I'm the beloved. I'm, I'll be satisfied with long life until I'm tired. I'm not going. Until I'm tired, I'm not going. I remember I was going to secondary school. I was, when I was in secondary school, I was going for. I was going to school one day. And uh, I was just going to board this car. When I stepped on the on the thing and entered. The Spirit of God spoke to me, get get out of the car. You know, and you know the way to my school, you need you need to if you don't get the car early, you will not get there early. The car takes a very long time. You know those cars that take two hours, three hours to get full. It got to me too. And it just was, it was just a, when I started, it was after about two people for it to be full. Of course it get out. So I got out. The people were insulting me. Ah, why are you getting out? I said, no. He said, I should get out. So I stepped out. Then three other people came to the city and the bus left. Several hours later, the one I was sitting in, the new one I was sitting in, got filled, got filled and then we also left. Can you imagine when we got somewhere that the car had gotten a mask, then the people's heads were off? The map that was saying, Why? Are you? Their mouth was outside with their head. Can you imagine? Legs, hands, everything gone. Just like that. Why did I know I had to get out? Because God spoke to me. Whether life or death, death is mine. I can't just die like that. If I die, then I wouldn't have been here. I wouldn't have fulfilled God according to the people, isn't it? Say, life is mine. Death is mine. Don't be shy. Don't be shy to say, say, death is mine. I'm not dying now. No sickness can kill me. No disease can kill me. I'm strong. I'm sound in my mind and in my body. Hallelujah. It says, all things present. It says, this present life is yours. All things to come. All are yours. All are yours. All things are yours. All things are mine. I believe that all things are mine. The houses that are around are all mine. Everything around is mine. When I need it to be converted to me, all things are mine. The Bible says that he makes the hidden man to work and heap up riches for the righteous to come and inherit. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I will inherit good wherever I go. You see, I said that as you gain the knowledge and believe in it, it will start escaping your mouth. What comes out of your mouth is what works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last scripture. Tell everybody last scripture. Last, last show. Tell everybody last show. Last show. Last show. Last show. Last show. <laughs> Look at Ephesians chapter six. Let's read Ephesians chapter six. Let's read from verse twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse thirteen. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. 
Stand therefore having your loins get about with truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He's showing you the armor of God's children. This is, what, this is the armor that you have on. Okay? He says, put it on. All of it talks about the word of God. The belt of truth. The truth, truth is Jesus. Jesus is the word, isn't it? So put on the belt of truth. Right? Starting, let the word of God be in you. Richly. Then, go, to, go back. Go, go up. Your, 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 your loins get about truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. I just told you about the righteousness of God, doesn't it? That the fact that you have been made the righteousness of God. How did they come to you? Through the word, doesn't it? If you read that in the word, you get to know that, ah, I'm the right. You can put on that righteousness of breastplate. It covers your vital element. If your breast, if your, your, your breastplate covers your whole, your torso, everything around here. These are your, these are where your vital organs are. Your heart is here, your liver is here, your kidneys are here, your intestines are here. If a salt should go through it, you die, isn't it? Righteousness is the most important thing you can put on. One of the most important things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he says, and your feet shot the preparation of the gospel of peace. He's talking about preaching the gospel. The more you preach the gospel, the more your path shines. If you want light to be clear, be a preacher. Okay? Your feet shot the preparation of the gospel of peace. Go to the next verse. Above all, taking this above all, taking the shield of faith. Above all. And taking it above all. The shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil, of the wicked one. You shall be able to put all the fiery darts of the wicked one off. All the things I mentioned are all defensive, isn't it? The shield is defensive. The belt is defensive. The breastplate is defensive. He mentions the helmet of salvation. Look at the next thing. And take the helmet of salvation. That is to protect your brain. If you understand salvation well, your mind will be kept safe. The devil cannot deceive you if you understand what it means to be born again. Your mind is kept safe. Your mind is safe. No matter the deception in the world, you cannot be deceived. That's what happened. That's what happens when you put on the helmet of salvation. Then he says, and the sword, this is what I want you to see, and the sword of the spirit. The sword of what? The sword of the spirit. What is the sword for? For attacking. What do you use the sword for? To make a way. You see, if you are in a battle, you are defending yourself with all these things and your shield to quench all the fire that's the devil. The only thing with which you can advance and go forward with is the sword. The sword is what helps you to go forward. Hallelujah. It says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the word, word of God there is Rema. There are two words for word in the Bible. One is Logos, and the other one is Rema. Logos is a revealed word. What you have in your Bible, what you are reading. Okay? All that I've been reading to you, you as you turn to John 5, 1. When you read that, it's Logos. But that Logos, when it is put in, so knowledge is Logos. Are you hearing me? Knowledge is what? Logos. Now, when Logos enters your heart and you believe in it, and it escapes your mouth, it becomes something called Rema. Rema is the spoken word of God. Did God change the word by keeping quiet? How did God change the word? Brothers and sisters, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 eh, was the actual creation of the heavens and earth. The Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God does not create bad things. He creates good things. Is it true? But the next verse says and the, and the earth was without form and void. The word was is became. The earth became without form and without void. And, with, and void. There was no human being in it. There was nothing in it. It, it was destroyed. The Bible says and darkness was upon the face of the deep. 
and the Spirit of God hovered upon the surface of the earth. Hallelujah. It's, it's over there. Are you seeing it? So God created something nice, but it became terrible. Darkness and all that. How was God going to change it? The first thing God did was to speak the word of God. But before he did that, the Bible says that his spirit hovered upon the surface of the waters. What was the spirit hovering upon the waters for? That is the believing process. The believing process is when you are allowing the word of God to enter your, your spirit, enter your, your heart. Do you understand? When, you, when you're meditating on the word, it starts entering you. Oh, I don't know if I'm making sense. It starts entering you. So you, you read it. All things are mine. Maybe today is the first time you are seeing that. All things are mine. What do you need to do? Now you've gathered knowledge. You know that I cannot fail. I'm going somewhere. I'm a child of God. I'm not born of blood. I'm not. What do you do now? Now you have to let it settle in your heart. How? By meditating on it. You see, by thinking about it. The one who meditates is blessed. He's the one who is like a tree planted by the rivers of, rivers of waters. It's entering your heart. It's entering your spirit. Now, it will escape your mouth. The day it escapes your mouth, you be sure it comes out as rema. Do you understand? What does Rema do? Rema is what makes an advancement in helps you make an advancement in your life in the camp of the enemy. What will help you make advancement in this world is Rema. When the word of God, so you 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 have knowledge, you believe in the knowledge, it escapes your mouth. You speak the word. And God said, the next thing God did was the Bible says, and the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the earth. And God said, Let there be light. And light came. Now, brothers and sisters. When, when, when God said, let there be light, God did not bring light. You see the way this light went off and went to bring light from somewhere to come and put it there for it to come. That wasn't what God did. God did not bring one light from somewhere and bring it into the darkness. Not at all. Go to second, first Corinthians chapter 4. I said last scripture. I meant it. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. Look at it. First Corinthians 4 3. Oh, okay. It's okay. Second Corinthians forces. You have, you have done it. This is what, this is what actually happened. It says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of what? Darkness. He commanded the light to shine out of what? Darkness. You know what that means? That means that God spoke to the darkness to produce light. God told the darkness, darkness produce light. And the darkness, how can darkness produce light? The darkness produced the light. Why? Because God had talked about it. God believed in what he was saying. When he spoke it, the darkness did not have any option but to produce the light. It doesn't matter the darkness in your life. Things may not be working. Do what I'm telling you now. I've, you see, I've given you, I've delivered into your hands keys to real success. Keys to changing your world. Keys to making bios succumb to the Zoe life. That's what I'm showing you now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God told the darkness to produce light. And the darkness produced the light. So maybe you are going through trying times. Things are not working. There's darkness all around. I've showed you what to do now. What do you do? Speak the realm of God. Let it escape out of your mouth. Bishop Wedipo came out of that place and said, Yay, I can never be poor. Brothers, he has not been poor to date. Now, it didn't change in a minute. It didn't change in, a, in an hour. It didn't change in a, in a year or two. No. But he knew that he cannot be poor. And as the years went by, you see, so the next thing is patience. Hmm? That's the next thing. For your faith to work, faith must work patience. Knowledge, believing, speaking, patience. The Bible says that the one who believeth shall not make haste. The one who believes will not be in a hurry. I know, I know my future. As 
I'm speaking to you, I don't have hundred million dollars sitting somewhere. No, but I know I'll have more than more than hundred million. I just know it. As I'm speaking to you now, I need five hundred thousand dollars to do something. I will get it. I don't have it, but I will get it. Last year, I needed a million Ghana cities to do something. Eh? I needed a million Ghana cities to do something. I didn't have it. I use what I'm telling you now. Before the year end, I had more than a million. You want me to give you some? I will not give you. I've showed you. I've shown you what I did and what I do. Do you believe in what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying at all? See, I'm going somewhere. See, I know what to do with my life. There's nothing like knowing what to do. Know what to do. It makes all the difference. God said, let there be light. And the darkness produced the light. And God started beautifying the world. Started beautifying the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you speak forth, something happens the day you speak. But time will help what you have spoken to come to pass. It will, it will change. Things will change. It will become consistent with what you want. It will change. After you, have, after you have done the will of God, you have need of patience so that you can see and inherit the promise. The last thing is what? Patience. Isn't it? Patience. But when you escape out of your mouth, you know that you know. You see, if you read your Bible very carefully, in Genesis chapter 1, God created and spoke. But in Genesis chapter 2, God brought them into being. Even though God has spoken, it was not yet there. It is Genesis chapter 2 that we see. God created fishes in Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 2, God made the fishes to come out of the water. God created trees and all that. But in Genesis chapter 2, you see that the trees are now coming up. From Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, it's a time frame. Patience. Patience. God told Abraham, you, I'll give you a child. He was 75. He came to pass when? When he was 99. But between 75 and 99, what happened to Abraham? He had to believe and have patience with God. And it came to pass. Do you understand what I'm saying? So never say that, oh, the pastor said this is not working. Brother, if you, if you believe what I said, you will, not be, you will not make haste. Because you know that things are going to change. You just know. When challenges come, you say that, no, I'm a child of God. Prosperity is mine. Health is mine. It doesn't mean that sickness will never show up. It doesn't mean that sickness will show up, but you tell it, brother, get out of my body. And it will get out of your body. With time, you will realize that it is living. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My mother, ask him, ask him, my mother fell down with stroke. It is the second time. We come, we lay hands on it. We receive health in Jesus' name. Two days later, she's back up. Three days later, she's back up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may not see things changing instantly, physically, but spiritually, have started changing. When Jesus cursed the tree, what happened? They didn't see anything happening to the tree. They walked off. They went home. The following day, when they were coming by, they saw the tree dying by the, the roots. It was dying. When Jesus commanded it to die, it started dying inside. It took time for them to see the results. If, it's, if you speak the word, it, is, it has changed. Time will let you see the results. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm going somewhere. See, I'll never fail in my life. See, I'm rich. I'm full of glory. Yeah, the Bible says you've been called unto glory and unto virtue. I'm full of glory. I am going somewhere. My path is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. I will never fail. Why am I saying the things that I'm saying? I'm releasing my faith. I'm releasing my faith. That's what I'm doing. When you confess the word of God, your faith is released. It's released. It's released. Hallelujah. In Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel landed in the in the in the valley of dry bones. A valley of dry bones. There was not there was no life. What happened? God told him, Son of man, can these bones live? He said, Thou knowest. Then God told him what to do. When he heard what God has said, 
he spoke the same thing. He says, I prophesied as I was commanded. And when he prophesied as he was commanded, it was a bone came to bone. Joints came to joints. As you speak the word of God, everything that is dead in your life just starts coming together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm going somewhere. All that you are saying have gone into your future. Words do not die. They've gone into your future. They are working in your future as we are talking right now. You realize that when you ask, you ask, you leave this place, everything will start working in your life. See, I will never fail in my life. This success is mine. I'm a success on every side. The glory of God is working around me. The glory of God is working around me. The grace of God is working around me. In the name of the Lord Jesus. See, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. My life is going to go forward. It has started moving forward already. Tell him I'm going somewhere. I'm a success. I'm a success. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. Don't wait till you have money in your pocket. Start saying it now. That is the only way for it to start coming into your pocket anyway. See, I'm rich. I'm rich. Say, all things are mine. Whatsoever is born of God. Overcome the world. I have overcome the world because I'm born of God. I'm born of God. I'm born of God. I'm going somewhere. Disease cannot stay in my body. Sickness cannot stay in my body. Cancer cannot stay in my body. I am healthy. I am strong. I am healthy. I am strong. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I'm going somewhere. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God is medicine. In, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, 19, 20, 18 says that the path of the just are shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Then verse 19 says that my son attend to my words. Incline thine ears unto my saying. Look at let's look at it. Then if you go to verse 21, it says, look at it, all that. I want to show you just one small thing. Go to verse 22. Verse 22. He says something about the word of God that I want you to see. He says, For they are life. The word of God is life. Unto all those that find them. And health to all their flesh. The word of God is health. It is health. The word health is medicine. The Greek, the Hebrew word is actually medicine. The word of God is medicine to all their flesh. Are you listening to me? Yeah, the word is mapi. Medicine to all their flesh. When you go to the hospital, they give you medicine. And you take the first course, the first one. You get healed instantly. What happens? They give you... Sometimes they give you a drug and they say, take it three times a day for four days or for five days. Isn't it? Is that what they do? He says, the word of God is like medicine. You may take it the first day, you may not see much change. You take it the second day, you realize you are getting better. You take it the third day, you realize you are becoming very fine. The fourth day, you become very fine. Isn't it? When you stop the course, if you take malaria course and you stop at the first and second and say that, oh, I'm fine now. You'll be surprised that the malaria that will come later, you'll be shocked that it will take a very long time to fight it. If you're on a course of drag and you stop, your body develops itself in a certain way to fight against your own self. Can you imagine? That's how the word of God is. The word of God is like a course that you must take. It may not change the first day. But no, when you start taking the drugs, you have assurance that it is going to change, isn't it? If you take it the first day, if you don't see any difference, you know that the second day is coming. It may be dark now, but as you are confessing the word of God, I said things have started working in your life. The word of God is like medicine. Tomorrow, confess again. The next day, confess again. Things have started working. You are, things are putting, you are putting things in the right place. See, I'm going somewhere. 
Say I'm a success. Say I'm rich. I'm full of glory. Tell everybody, look at me very carefully. I'm full of glory. I'm full of glory. I'm full of glory. I'm going somewhere. My path is shining. Brighter and brighter. Unto the perfect day. Give the Lord a shout. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.